The following program contains mature content. Listener discretion is advised. The Thalaxians were a genetically engineered race of beings. Their makers, unknown to them, tasked them with the sole purpose to travel the galaxy and terraform barren worlds. These are the chronicles of those other worlds. Somewhere in the Bavarian Alps, 1823. Adam stood against the door after bracing the wooden table against it. On the outside, he heard the angry curses and shouts of approaching villagers. It is time to go, Adam. No, I will not leave you. If I do, they will kill you. It is too late for me. No, I will go out there and tear them all apart. No, you do that and you become the monster they believe you to be. They are coming from every side of the cavern. I will have no direct route to escape without being seen. You do not have to exit these doors to escape. What are you saying? How else would I escape? De Lace's eyelids suddenly closed. A bright blue light streamed from his hands just past Adam, who watched the blue light form into a door. What have you? How is this possible? There is no time to explain. You must walk through that door right now. But where will it take me? Somewhere safe. But how do you know that? You have to trust me. There is no more time for debate. You must go. Those villagers will soon be through the door. But Victor, how can I just let him? Now is not the time. His day will come. For now, you must go. Thank you, my friend. I will never forget you. Go, now! Good luck, my friend. Who is there? Who I am is not important. Where is the monster? It's you, isn't it? You are Victor Frankenstein. Very good, Alvin. Now I will ask you one more time. Where is the monster? Gone. I see that. I'm not blind like you. I want to know where he went. Somewhere you will never find him. There is no place in this countryside you can hide where I will not find him. That is where you are wrong, Victor. I have sent Adam far away from here. Is that so? You used magic to send him away. How could you possibly know that? Magic has a very distinctive smell. Only a person with a keen nose can smell it. How do you know about magic? <laughs> you did not think the monster could have been given life without it, did you? If the villagers learn you dabble in the dark arts, you will be the one they string up. You really think that they will believe a man of my pedigree had anything to do with the monster coming to life? Why do we not find out? <laughs> that 
seen you are protecting murdered my beloved. For that, I will not rest until I find and kill it. You were wrong to help the monster, old man. Now you have paid for it with your useless life. You cannot win. I will get my revenge. No matter where he went, I will find him. It was an unusually warm October morning in Hartfield as morning commuters, on their way to work and school, filled the streets. Inside Zack's diner, just across from Union Station, two students from the local university sat in a booth near the back, having their breakfast and reading the news on their phones, when Elliot huffed and put his phone down. Bad news? Bad news for this poor girl's family. Yeah, I... I just read that. That makes three girls. Three seven-year-old girls. How do three young girls like this get abducted and murdered? I don't know. Apparently, neither do the police. Sitting at the counter, the Hatter listened intently to the students' conversation. Leaving some money on the counter, he buttoned up his black top coat and walked towards the exit. Once outside, he began to walk along 6th Avenue, stopping at the lights. Well, well, now look who we have here. Hatter walked across the street towards the two figures who stood on the opposite street, watching him approach. Well, aren't you to a sore sight for my bright eyes on such a wonderfully warm October day? The brothers D and, um, to what do I owe such an audience? He wants to see you. He? And just who is he? Do not be fooled by the hat, gentlemen. I'm not as sharp as you may think. Hagar. Hmm. A pity he could not come out on such a beautiful day to see me. But considering the circumstances, I will go to him. Lead the way, fine sir. The three walked. Dee and Dumb, with their large bodies, pushed their way through the busy crowds, never stopping to apologize. Once they reached High Street, they turned east and walked three blocks before they stopped in front of a bookstore. The Hatter looked at the small shop then returned his eyes to Dee, who held the door open for him. He's in the back. Oh, hello, Rabbit. I was just telling the brothers that it's such a pity you could not come out on such a beautiful day to see me. It's good to see you've not changed. And it's good to see you had enough sense to put the kettle on. I never knew there were so many types of tea. I've tried many of them, but I must say Earl Grey is my favourite. I'm more partial to Orange Pico, but Earl Grey will do. So, why is it you have sent for me, Rabbit? If we were back in Wonderland, I would know it would have just been about tea. But since we're not, please get to it. You've read about the abducted and murdered girls? Yes, Rabbit. Believe it or not, I am still able to read. Must you be so crass? Were you aware? Each victim was seven, blonde, and named Alice. I am aware, Rabbit. Don't you see who's behind this? Pass me the milk, please. Alice is behind this, Hatter. You must have realized that. 
And what if I did, Hager? Hmm? What do you suggest? We must stop her. We? <laughs> that witch brought about the destruction of Wonderland. So we've resorted to name-calling now, have we, Rabbit? But she is a witch. A very powerful witch, I may add, Hatter. You are correct in the sense she is powerful, Rabbit. So powerful, in fact, I do not know who or what could stop her. How can you say that? Your magic is as powerful as hers. Just so you know, next time you have someone for tea, you should improve on your etiquette. No, please stay seated. I can show myself out. You can't keep blaming yourself, Hatter. It was not your fault. D. Dumb. Keep an eye on him. Desires, located downtown a block from the stock exchange, served as both a gentleman's club on the first floor and a nightclub on the second. It was a very exclusive establishment that catered to a high-end clientele. Adam sat at his desk going over the guest list for the coming evening. Adam had worked at Desires for a little over two years after answering an employment advert. They hired him on the spot due to his hulking eight-foot frame. Good morning, Teddy. Are you almost here? Fifty years ago, when he stepped into the world, none would ever have hired him for such a position on account of his looks. But something began to happen over time. The scars all over his face and body began to heal. His hair grew long, black and curly just past his shoulders. His face, once monstrous, now looked like it had been chiselled from marble. His eyes are striking jade green. Okay, see you shortly. A long journey from his early days in the world, when he had joined the circus. It was the ideal situation at the time. Who would think twice about a tall, hulking figure with a face full of stitches and scars that was part of a freak show? Good morning, Rebecca. It wasn't too long after he joined the traveling circus that, to his surprise, his wounds began to heal. No longer a freak, there was no longer a spot for him in the circus. Adam began to explore this new world, trying to fit in. He worked numerous jobs along the way. Positions like dock worker, lumberjack, construction, and a myriad of others requiring brawn. They paid the bills, but he never felt truly happy. Why are you up so early? Often, agents approached him offering modeling contracts. He refused each. Sports agents also offered Adam opportunities to play pro football and pro wrestling. But he knew, because of his strength, he could not be sure that he would not accidentally kill someone. It was just after Christmas when he saw the ad for Desires they were looking to fill one security position. Adam had never done that type of work before, but jumped at the opportunity. The owner was not concerned once he looked at Adam that he had no previous experience hiring him on the spot. Sorry, I had to rush out on you while you were sleeping. Adam settled into his job working the door and checking names. The owner promoted him to head of security once Lawrence, 
previous head had mysteriously disappeared. Adam really enjoyed his job. The generous pay allowed him to live well, and he had many female admirers. I'm meeting Teddy. We're going to go over the final applicants. But recently, he had taken an interest in Rebecca, one of the waitresses. She wasn't like any of the other women he'd met. This was more meaningful. He was, to the best of his ability, honest with her, though he made up white lies about where he was from. When the topic of his parents arose, he told her he never knew his mother and he hated his father. Teddy is bringing in the background checks he had done. Okay, see you when you get here. As for Rebecca, she lived with her seven-year-old daughter in an apartment not too far from the club. Come in, Teddy. Adam watched Teddy, a tall, bald man, walk in carrying some papers. Morning, boss. I got the background checks back on the applicants. Applying for bartender? And what's the verdict? Yeah, look for yourself. Colleen Sanford and Alice Plissons Liddell. That's a pretty unique middle name, huh? Sure is. If she doesn't pan out as a bartender, she can always have a go as a stripper. She already has the perfect stage name for it. Well, let's hope she has the body for either job. Well, we will find out later today now, won't we? Hello? Miss Liddell? This is Adam from Desires. I'm calling to ask if you would be able to come in for an interview today at 2 o'clock. Okay, great. See you then. Bye-bye. Think she was still sleeping? If she was, she isn't anymore. How did she sound? Pleasant. <laughs> Pleasant. That's a good one, boss. Across town at 1660 Preston Avenue, inside the Federal Police Agency building, Agent Sabrina Rossi stands inside the conference room, studying the whiteboard. Three pictures of victims adorned its surface. Alice Parsons, Alice Benno, and the most recent victim, Alice Leeds. The only thing more troubling than the media dubbing this the Alice Murders was what little they had so far on the case. Sure, all the victims had the same first names. They were all blonde and all seven years of age. But why was the killer targeting these young girls? And how did the killer choose them? Sometimes it would be nice if that boy would talk back to you, wouldn't it? Oh, well, it would. But I'm sure it would still not tell us what we want to know. Agent Max Fisher stood next to Agent Rossi. He deduced, due to the bags under her eyes, she had not slept well. Another rough night? Aren't they all rough? You know, Sabrina, you should see a doctor about this. It can't be healthy. For the last time, I don't need a doctor! Just sleep once we've caught this monster, okay, Max? Then I hope I can help with that. Max and Sabrina turned abruptly toward the unfamiliar voice. A tall, slender woman in a grey pantsuit with natural red curly hair that ran well past her shoulders stood in the doorway with Director Howard Maguire. Agents Rossi and Fisher, this is Special Agent Mary Hart. Pleasure to meet you two. Agent Hart is here to assist us on this case. Um, sir, I didn't realize that we needed any help. Well, 
Clearly you do, or I wouldn't be here. Is this going to be a problem, Agent Frosty? No, sir. Of course not. Good. Then I'll leave you all to get acquainted. <sighs> Agent, I am not here to step on anyone's toes. I am just here to help catch this psycho. We tried staring at the board. It won't tell us anything. There isn't anything here that can explain how this killer is picking these girls? Aside from everything we already know, nothing. Hmm. And the abductions have not followed any pattern? None. Whomever this is, is just snatching them whenever they want. Absolutely disgusting. The parents all say the same thing. They didn't hear a thing. And no cameras in any of the areas that may have caught something? Not on the first two girls, but on the latest one, there was a camera that suddenly malfunctioned. Ah, and I'm certain, Agent Fisher, this would be the first time that had happened to that particular camera? You would be right. The killer is frustratingly smart. They leave nothing behind. Not a fingerprint, not a hair, nothing. Well then... We will have to be smarter, Agent Rossi. What do you suggest? I would like to revisit all three homes. Revisit? Well, we've gone over and over and over each residence and we've, we've come up with nothing. Maybe fresh eyes will find something overlooked, Agent Rossi. A different perspective, if you will. Come on, Sabrina. At this point, we really have nothing to lose. All right. I guess I'll meet you outside. Wait for me. I have to apologize for my partner. This case has really been hard on her. And what about you, Agent Fisher? How has this case been on you? It's been tough, don't get me wrong. But perps always make mistakes. And when this perp makes that mistake, we will catch them and get justice for these families. I agree. Mm, but if we're being honest with each other, there's only one type of justice this perp deserves, and I really hope the situation presents itself so they can get what's coming to them. I don't like your tone, Agent Fisher. I'm sorry. It's too loud. Sorry about that. But, since we are being honest with one another... I believe that we should cut the perp's head off once we catch them. Some time ago, in Wonderland. Okay, Alice. Just clear your mind and focus on the candle. I'm trying. Then light the candle. Alice locked her gaze on the candle as the Hatter watched her, then lifted her right arm, and to the surprise and shock of the Hatter and herself, a bright light shot from her finger and lit the candle. Oh, are you okay, Hatter? Alice stood there, proud of herself, while the Hatter stood speechless. Oh, yes, yes, I'm fine, Alice. Um, well, well done. Are we done now? Why, yes, of course, Alice. That is all for today. Oh, can we have tea and biscuits now? Yes, yes, tea and biscuits coming right up. Alice waited until the Hatter left the room and then looked back at the candle, then walked towards it and stopped. 
Alice looked at the orange flame, snapped her fingers and the flame disappeared. She snapped her fingers again. Her face lit with surprise when not just the candle in front of her lit up, but the five candles around the room also ignited. Alice suddenly heard the hatter approaching. She snapped her fingers again and watched all of the flames extinguish. Oh, I'm sorry, Alice, your candle burnt out. I tried to light it again with no luck. Um, don't be discouraged. The fact that you were able to light it means you have just taken your first steps into a brave new world. I can't wait to tell Rabbit what I have done. No, 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 um, absolutely not, Alice. No one is to know. I am teaching you magic. Not even Rabbit? Especially Rabbit. Adam, this is Alice Liddell. Thank you, Teddy. Miss Liddell, it's nice to meet you. I'm Adam. Nice to meet you, Adam. Please, be seated. Thank you. I see here your last job was in Carson City, working at Lamplight. Correct. And before that, you worked at Firestarter in Newton City. Yes. Tell me, what is it you like about working in establishments like this? Oh, I like being around and meeting new people. So is it safe to say you are a people person? (laughs) Yes. Well, that is a good quality to have in this line of work, isn't it? Most definitely. If you were chosen, when would you be able to start? Immediately. Well, Alice, I still have one person to interview today. Once I have made my decision, I will contact you. Okay, thank you for seeing me. Thank you for coming in. Damn, Adam. That's one fine woman. Yes, well, I still have one more person to interview. We could have her find ass here every night, and you want to actually interview someone else? Sorry, Teddy. I have to make sure I hire the most qualified person for the job. Well, if you don't hire her to be a bartender, at least consider hiring her to strip for us. Sure, I will tell her. Sorry, Miss Liddell. You are not qualified to tend the bar here, but we would really love to have you strip for us so Teddy can see your TNA. <laughs> Yeah, see? Is that so hard? (sighs) Go downstairs and let me know when the next applicant gets here. Good morning. Rebecca, why are you here so early? Well, I was hoping I could talk to you in private in your office. You know, I would like nothing better than to take you to my office. But... But I have to interview one more person. (sighs) Well then, I'll just go back to your office and get started without you. But don't wait too long. I can only keep the engine warm for so long. Why start at the Leeds residence? Why don't we start at the home of the first victim, Alice Parsons? The Leeds girl is the most recent victim. So, it would stand to reason. There may still be something to find here. Agents? What can I do for you? Mrs. Leeds, we are sorry to bother you. This is Special Agent Mary Hart. 
Hello, Mrs. Leeds. I am so sorry for your loss. We are here to take another look around the house, if that's okay with you. Well, sure. But you've already gone over the house multiple times. Mrs. Leeds, if I may, I am new to this case and would like to look around the house to help familiarize myself with the case. Very well. Thank you so much. Let's start upstairs in the child's bedroom. Let's have a look inside her desk. Anything out of the ordinary? No. I told you, Mary, we've looked. There's nothing. Do you have photos of the room on the night of her abduction? Yes. Show them to me. What? What is it? These stuffed animals were still on the end of the bed the night Alice was taken. So? If Alice was taken from her bed against her will, there would have been a struggle when the kidnapper pulled her from under her sheets, which would have caused at least some, if not all, these stuffed animals to fall on the floor. Holy shit. I need to see photos of the first and second victim's room. Coming up. What is it? Each scene is the same in each home. So what does this mean then? It means all three girls got out of their beds willingly. The Other Worlds Chronicles Episode 1 was voiced by Nicholas Sykes as Adam and the Monster. John Kennard as Victor Frankenstein, Jay Henry as DeLacy, Tao Harris as the Mad Hatter, Roy Loder as Hager, Anna Gasaka as Alice, Antonio Ferrara as D and Dumb, Roberta Jackson as Mary, Colin Hardman as Howard, Brendan Gamblin as Max, Raven Batono as Sabrina, Brock Overbay as Teddy, Val Chi as Rebecca, Students in the Diner voiced by Mads Franklin and Sean Acevedo Lopez, and narration by Jim Cogan. Created, directed, edited, produced, and written by Antonio Ferrara. Audio engineering by Alexander Ferrara. Royalty free music sourced from Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com and Pixabay. This presentation of the Otherworld Chronicles has been brought to you by Giant Monster Productions, copyright 2023. To contact Giant Monster Productions, email us at giantmonsterprod at hotmail.com, follow us on Twitter at giantmonsterpro, and if you have enjoyed this podcast and want to hear more, please subscribe, like, and favourite so you never miss an episode. Thank you for listening.